got a little video I mentioned that I was going to show. I mentioned that last uh, week that uh, we had our uh, conference in Managua, Nicaragua a couple of weeks ago there with Pastor Pete, his wife Zurea, congregation there in Managua, as well as San Marcos and some other churches that joined us. And uh, I didn't get a lot of footage uh, simply because... Um, I was into the Word, and I wanted to... There were some fantastic uh, guys preaching there from uh, Pastor Pete's uh, area, tremendous men of God, uh, teaching the Word of God, did a great job doing that, and uh, challenging us in evangelism, uh, some, some great, great thoughts in, in, in the Word of God. So I did manage to get a few uh, quick videos. Uh, I'll explain to them as you see them what's going to happen is first video you're probably going to see is the church, and it's one of the, I think it's a Wednesday night service or Thursday uh, worship service, and the group they have uh, leading the song service, the people worshiping God. The second video you're going to see is going to be uh, traditional folk uh, dancing from the children that they put on there, and, and uh, they do a lot of that there in, in that area. It's a big thing for them. And then you're going to see some pictures and stuff. And so, uh, guys, if you have that ready, why don't we go ahead and, and uh, get it going? San Marcos Church congregation there, and uh, they're waving hello. Again, I didn't take a lot of pictures, but, and there's me. Those are avocados from Pastor Pete's backyard. He's got 12 avocado trees that give avocados that size. Talk about the land of milk and honey right there in his backyard. Praise God. I wanted to bring some of those avocados back, but I wouldn't be able to get in through customs. You can't hide those things, as big as a suitcase. And so uh, anyway, we had a great time. They send their love, appreciation, their thanks for all of your prayers, investment uh, throughout the years to help them. And, and uh, 
Uh, again, uh, help us pray. We want to try and get Pastor Pete and his wife Zudea down here for a conference in July. And so keep that in prayer, trying to get through some, some uh, paperwork issues and see what we can do. So please uh, uh, help us pray about that. Uh, in saying that, next week we have, uh, as you know, you saw the video, Pastor Lee and his wife, uh, Tanya, coming. And so we want to prepare. And as you, as you notice, it said, please register. And the reason we want you to register is so that we know how many meals to have prepared. And so it makes it easy for us because we have to plan ahead. And so if you would please go online. We want to pack this place out. They, they, they've been all over the country uh, encouraging not just marriages, because it's not just about marriage relationships, but it's about relational uh, perspectives with your friends, with your family, and so on. And they touch a lot of areas. And so please come on out. It's, it's a Saturday. It's, it's, you know, I know, you know, got to work the OT, got to get some, some money in, but this is worth the investment for you to come and, and to have this uh, input into your life. So make, make time this coming Saturday to, to come out with your wife, your family, invite friends, neighbors. I guarantee you, you'll be blessed, okay? You won't leave here disappointed. And so um, prepare for that. Please go online and register. Help us. Uh, we have a tendency to wait till the last minute, like, okay, Friday, I'm going to register. You know, you might end up with a French fry. I don't know. So, so um, just please help us out. Let's get the registration. Our other churches will be joining us and being a part of this uh, tremendous time together with Lee and Tanya Wilson. Praise the Lord. All right. What are we going to do next? How about the Word of God? You ready for the Word of God? Let's get into the Word of God. Word of God is powerful. The Bible says that we need that in our lives daily to help keep us on track. Keeps us in, in, in the right frame of mind, in, in the right attitude that is so critical for us to, to garner and to, to develop as we move through life. The Bible tells us in 3 John verse 2 that we need to be well in our health and uh, in our spirit, in our soul, in our, in our emotions, in every aspect of life. That's what that word spirit and soul mean. It has so many different levels of, of translation, but basically it's talking about life. And uh, it's saying here that we need to work and make sure that we are living a healthy life, not just physically, but yet spiritually healthy as, as we move on in serving the Lord. And this can only take place, this spiritual health, and this, this even physical and mental health can take place as we allow God to transform our way of thinking, transform our lifestyle. That's the only way that we're going to experience here what the Bible asks, says that we should be experiencing, that blessed life. And so I want to take time and I want to preach a series of messages on the Sunday that I, I am on to, to speak, and that, that will obviously alternate with the other men who are preaching. But on those Sundays, what I want to do is cover various areas that God wants to transform us in so that we can live that healthier physically, but also spiritually life that God wants us to have. 
some of the titles that I'm going to be dealing with, talking about managing your emotions, being transformed in the way you deal with your emotions, because how many know we are emotional people? We are. All I have to do is mention a, a, a sports team, and you're going to shout, scream, and go crazy. What is that? What's doing that? It's your emotions. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about managing your dreams. How many have dreams? Yes, we have dreams in, in life, that things that we want to take place, but we need to learn to manage those because sometimes those dreams can get, cause us to get a little out of, out of uh, alignment with what God wants. Then we're going to talk about managing your stress. Does anybody ever deal with stress? You, I can already see. You, you got it going there. Then we're going to talk about managing your giants. Anybody have giants that you have to deal with in life? We all have those giants, and we have to learn to deal with those and manage them correctly according to God's transformation in our lives. Then we'll talk about managing, here's a big one, your money. How many could use a little bit of money management in your life? And the wife looks at the husband. And the husband looks at the wife. And then we're going to talk about managing your mind. How many have ever changed your mind about something? Yeah, went to the store to do something. You said, ah, no, I think I'm going to do this. Or you went to go buy something, and you said, yeah, changed my mind. I think I'm going to not do this and go over here. I think I'm going to go eat this. And on the way there, you just, ah, no, you know, I changed my mind. We change our mind all the time. We're constantly, throughout the day or the week, changing our mind upon, about something based on situations or based on circumstances. Well, we need to understand this morning that God is more interested in allowing Him to change our mind than changing our circumstances. Because how many know that many times we live our life based on situations and circumstances that we face? Isn't that true? We, we live our life, we make decisions, we make choices based on what's happening around us. And we say, God, can you please change the situation? Please change the circumstance. But you see, sometimes God wants those things to go on in our life so he can begin to transform the way we look at them. He can begin to change the way we think about those things. And too many times we do battle with God and we're, we're fighting for him to take away these things and move these things aside when God says, no, I want to teach you something about what you're dealing with in your life. So what I want to do today in, in this uh, these series of messages that I want to preach and teach uh, to you is talk to you about managing your mind and uh, being transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Managing your mind. In Romans chapter 12, our text, verse 2, starts in our thinking, in our attitude, in our, our mindset that we have, not only when we come to church, because we can have a spiritual mindset and a pretty healthy mindset when we come in to church, but it's when it's, you're at your job, it's when you're at school, when you're with family and, and friends or wherever it is taking place throughout the day, 
it's important that we understand that the mind management is so critical. So the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 12 and verse 2, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but let God, everybody say, let God, let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Let him change, transform you through the way you think about life, the way you think about circumstances and situation. Interesting facts about our brain, and one of the main things is that our brains aren't fully developed until probably we get to the age of 25. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, I know some old folks that they just act like kids all the time. But for the most part, it's not developed completely until we get to that age. Why? Because the brain development starts from the back of the brain and works its way forward to the front part of our brain. So the frontal lobes, those lobes which control planning, reasoning, are the last to be strengthened and, have, and deal with the structural connections that we make in life concerning how we're going to respond to certain situations. Doesn't fully uh, mature until we get to the age of 25. And so basically parents, I let you know why your kids act the way they do. Let you know why your kids say the things they say. So there was an article, you know, that, that, that I was going through as I was getting this message prepared. And it talked about how important it is that as parents we watch our teenagers and, and how they mature and, and, and how the responsibilities that we give upon them. Because we live in a society that, you know, there's a major impact upon, upon teenagers and maybe their younger uh, 20s. More expectations placed upon them. As a result, a lot of them are experiencing anxiety, depression. They're more stressed out simply because of the lifestyles that, that maybe have, have been brought to them that now you're, they're expected to accomplish this or to be involved in this, and they've got so much scheduling taking place in their life. And a lot of times they're not ready for that because they're not fully developed. Cause them to be more prone to risk-taking. Aggression, fear, dangerous behavior. So what does this mean? It means that as parents, yes, we have to, to make sure we keep an eye on our kids because, I mean, you read every day about the tragedy that's taking place in our society. The heartbreak, the destruction of life that many times is caused by young people and it's because they, they, they just have not yet come to a place where they understand structure. And as parents, we have a responsibility to teach them. And what I'm going to be talking about is from the Word of God. We understand that. And it applies to you and I also as adults. Not just for the young, but for you and I as adults. Because God is more interested in changing my mind than He is in changing my circumstances. So why is it important? Why is it so critical that I manage my mind? Why? Obviously because uh, my thoughts control my life. That's just the way it works. The Proverbs chapter 4 in verse 23. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. And we understand that and 
it tells us that every action starts as what? A thought. What we do, where we go, how we react, it starts here in our mind as a thought. There was a study that said, according to the Laboratory of Neuroimaging at the University of Southern California, the average brain generates 48.6 thoughts per minute. Each minute, you're thinking 48.6 thoughts. Adds up to a total of 70,000 thoughts a day. Think about that. 70,000 different thoughts your brain is going to cultivate every single day. Why do I say that? Because you'll have used up 2,187 thoughts by the time this sermon is over. Good or bad, you're thinking about something. When's it going to end? What are we going to eat? I wonder, does he have a jersey underneath that t-shirt? <laughs> I mean, thoughts are just kind of scattered all over the place. 2,187 thoughts you're going to be thinking today. Someone said, what you notice, give attention to, talk about, get all worked up over emotionally, is what you are inviting into your life, whether you mean to or not. We are bombarded by so many things in life, and those things will be consumed into our thought process. If you don't think it, then it doesn't happen. It all starts with your thought. Why do I need to manage my mind? Because of every action begins with a thought, and because my mind is the battleground for sin. How many know that's true? Our minds, when we are not taking care and managing them, the enemy will begin to penetrate and infiltrate our thinking process. This is where every temptation begins and every sin is born, right here in our mind, in our, our thoughts. It's where pride is developed. It's where lust and hatred and fear, resentment and anger and envy and worry, it all begins in our mind. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says about this in Romans chapter 7 and in verse 22. And this is important because every single one of us have a brain. Every single one of us has a thought process. And God expects for us to be able to manage those thought processes that take place. Because if we don't, we're in big trouble. Paul writes, I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned. But there's something else, he says, deep within me that is at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin within me. How many know we're sinners saved by grace? Amen. He goes on and says, In my mind, I want to be God's servant, but instead, I find myself still enslaved to sin. What Paul is talking about is a battle. Notice the words, war, fight. 
enslaved mind. He says this is what's going on in our thought processes, and it describes the warfare, the spiritual battle that goes on every day that we have to deal with. Sometimes we're conscious of them more than other times, but there is a battle as the Apostle Paul takes, is taking place. And be assured that the enemy of our soul, the devil, knows uh, that our mind is the greatest asset that God has given to us. And that this is the place where he launches his attacks, where he brings those thoughts that cause us to want to wanna step out of the will of God, make decisions not based on God's word, or react in a way that is not going to glorify God. Whatever gets your attention gets us. Can you say amen? You know, you're driving down the street, there are billboards, and some billboards are, are more flashy and more out in your face than others. Isn't that right? Some of them you just drive by. But then there's that one that, wow, what's going on there? Whatever gets your attention gets you. And this is the devil's strategy when we don't manage our mind according to the Word of God. We need, it's critical that we manage our mind also because it's the key to God's peace in our lives. Uh, and uh, the, the joy that he wants to bring to the peace and to the joy. Why? Because an unmanaged mind, it leads to tension. It'll, uh, an unmanaged mind that is not set on the things of God will, will, will submit itself or give itself over to the pressures, to the conflict, chaos, and stress of life. There are some folks that, that come to church all the time, but yet they still have not learned to manage their thought processes, and that's why they're always stressed out. They're always in conflict, or there's chaos going on in their life. That's an unmanaged mind. A managed mind, someone who has learned to manage their thinking according to the Word of God, leads to peace and confidence, to strength, serenity, Tranquility, confidence, when we learn to manage our thinking, our thought processes, so critical that we do this and we apply this to our lives. Again, in Romans chapter 8 and in verse 6, if your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, then there is what? Life and peace. Life and peace. When we are controlled, not by the flesh, by our old nature, but by the Holy Spirit, the Bible says there is peace, there tranquility. How many could use a little peace in your life? Man, we're living in a world that, that is so desperately looking for peace, looking for, for tranquility, and, and we see that the opposite is happening, chaos. It's taking place. Divisiveness, bitterness, anger is out there. That's the carnal mind. The Bible says that brings death to the life that God wants us to bring, that John wrote about when he said that he wishes that we would be able to have health, 
and uh, have our spirit be fruitful and uh, be blessed. And that doesn't happen when we're in the flesh. So that means there are some choices that we have to make every day. Not just at church, not just you know, on certain days, but every single day there are decisions that we have to make concerning our thought processes and how we're going to allow that to guide us through life. Number one, I need to feed my mind with God's truth. That's the first thing. How many know we like to feed ourselves? Come on, folks. We love to, you're going to be feeding yourself after this service. Come on. We love to feed ourselves. But what's so critical and important to this morning is we learn to feed ourselves with the truth of God's word in John 8, 32. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and what? The truth will set you free. You see, when you feed yourself, your mind, as you read the word of God, with the truth of God's word, there's a liberty that begins to take place. There's a freedom where maybe prior to that you felt enslaved, you felt tormented, you felt controlled by these ungodly thoughts and these things that are pressuring you and, and weighing you down. It's when you start to feed yourself on the Word of God that now you begin to feel that freedom and liberty. That's what happens when you come to church. Isn't that true? When you come and you begin to feed on the worship and the praise through the Word of God as we sing and, and give God glory, there's a liberty that begins to happen in our body, in our thinking, in our soul. There's, it's a prosperity. It's, it's a... Uh, like, uh, you know, an overflowing that happens. And that doesn't have to take place when we're in church. It doesn't only have to happen when you're in a Bible study. It can happen when you're driving in your car and you got the Word of God on if you're listening to it on your headset or whatever. It's, there's a liberty that takes place because you're feeding yourself. You see, God's Word is the original soul food for humanity. It feeds our soul. It helps us to, to grow. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, My people need more than bread for their life, but they must feed on what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The bread of life that we feed on the word of God. The word of God, the Bible, it's the owner's manual for life. And when we put that manual aside and we don't read that manual, it's just like when you're in your car. That's why you have an owner's manual. You know where to put the gas in, where to put the oil in. If you do your own thing, you know, you know which, which is the brake pedal and the gas pedal and which is the turn signals. The manual tells you all that stuff. Nowadays, there's, there's so, it's, it's like a computer figuring out which button does what. And you need to look at the manual. Imagine what condition you would be in if you had no owner's manual to your car. It's the same way in life for us as human beings. It's the Word of God that is the manual that helps us to live a healthy life, prosperous life, a, a blessed life. That's why the devil fights us so hard when it comes to studying and reading the Word of God. Because it's God's Word that lets us know 
how, how we can be best uh, in, 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 in life, what we can, how we can be healthier in life. When should I feed my mind with God's word? How about all the time? All the time, not just in church, but feeding our, our, our mind because it's, it's soul food. It's, it's health food. It, it, it helps us to get through those trying, difficult days that maybe we face to those obstacles that, that we have to deal with, that marriage that maybe is struggling, those children that maybe are going astray. What's going to help us keep sanity? It's the Word of God. All the time, feed your mind with God's Word. In Psalm 119, 147, verse 147, Psalm says, I rise early to cry out for help and to put my hope in your words. Who do you put your hope in? What do you put your hope in? The psalmist says, I rise up early because I need help. How many know we need help all the time? And when we rise up early, the first thing we need to do before we do anything else is crack the Bible, open it up, whatever type of, of, of gadget you use to read your Bible, open it up and read it. Feed your mind Cry out for help. God, I need your help today because this is what I'm going to face. Turn to the Word of God because in the Word of God there is hope for life. People are hopeless today in this society. They're, they're, they just feel empty. Like, what's the use of moving forward? What's the use of living? But it's when we feed ourselves with the Word of God and I, I, you know, and I really believe that, and, you know, I'm preaching to the choir, and I constantly bring this up every time I have the opportunity to say something about the Word of God and preach on the Word of God. I really believe that's why our kids are in so much trouble, our, the, 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 the generations that have come up since they've took up, taken out the Word of God from, from school and from prayer, it, because they're not, they're, what are they getting fed with? What, what are they getting taught? What are they feeding their mind with? What do we expect? The chaos that's going out there. And the psalmist says, I put my hope uh, in your words. Over 7,000 promises in the word of God. Uh, become a promised person. Get into the word of God and read it and say, God, you promised. Uh, this is what your word said. Feed your mind uh, and you will have the victory. There will be life and blessing in your life. Again, the psalmist says in 119, verse 97, Lord, how I love your word. I think about it all day long. Why? Because there's so much garbage and so much trash and so much debris that, that you know, wants to walk through your, through, through, you know, people take so good care of their carpets, don't they, if they have carpets in their house? Wipe your feet. And their floors, you know, make sure, let me see, check, take your shoes off. Why? Because they don't want you to, to trash dirt through their carpet, through their house. And I get it. But how much more should we want, not want the enemy 
to walk through our minds with trash and dirt and garbage yeah, that, that he just comes through because there's so much out there. Again, he says, the psalmist in chapter 16 and verse 7, even in the darkest of night, your teachings fill my mind. See, David was a promised person. He stood upon the promises and the word of God. How serious was David about God's word? No matter what was going on in his life, he was on the run when he was writing on most of these, these, these psalms that he was fighting for his life. He was in dark places and dangerous places. It didn't stop him from reading the word of God. It didn't stop him from trusting in the word of God and finding hope in the word of God. No matter what was happening, he fed himself with the truth of God's word. Listen to Psalms 119 verse 95. When wicked people hide to ambush and kill me, I quietly keep my mind on your decrees or your promises or your word. See, that's what I call managing your mind. How many can say amen to that? How do you manage your mind when you are on the run spiritually and the devil's chasing you? How do you manage your mind when you find yourself in a dark place, in a place where you're being tormented or people are saying this or saying that or whatever's going on? Do you feed on the truth of God's word or do you call, oh, you know what they said to me? And you go on Facebook and you start fighting on Facebook and you start this and the other and you go on all the social media things and you're feeding on whether you get thumbs up or thumbs. You know, people live their lives on thumbs. <laughs> right? They, 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 they literally are controlled by thumbs. If I got up thumbs, yeah. And if I got down thumbs, I'm depressed and I, I just don't want to live anymore. You know, why don't you feed yourself on the word of God? That will build you up. That will strengthen you. That will give you hope and help you through the crisis. The other thing that the word of God does is it not only feeds my mind, but it frees my mind from destructive thoughts. You ever have destructive thoughts? We're human. Those thoughts that come in that, that want to just, you know, hurt, hurt ourselves. We need to be free from those thoughts that the enemy uses to want to destroy our lives, not only physically, but even spiritually, obviously, to drive us away from the, the things of God, to push us out. From, from serving God or, or allowing God to help us. See, our minds need to be delivered, released, set free, and liberated. It's a battle that Paul says that we're going to be in. Number one, it's your old nature. You're going to be fighting against your old nature. I, he said, I find this in, in working in me, my old nature, that goes contrary to God. He said, I see in my body a principle at war with the law of my mind, taking me captive to the law of sin. Find yourself doing things that you don't want to do, saying things you, don't, you shouldn't be said. It's your old nature. You see, your old nature is not your friend. 
Get, get, get a hold of that right now. The old nature, don't, you don't want nothing to do with that. The devil lies to you, yeah, well, you used to have it good before you started coming to church. You had more money before you started coming to church. You had more boyfriends and girlfriends before you started coming to church. You know, you looked better before you started coming to church. You dressed better before you started coming to church, and on and on and on. And the enemy's feeding your mind with all this garbage. You know what that is? It's your old nature. It's rising up against the Holy Spirit that wants to create and transform a, a godly nature in your life. Your old nature is not your friend. It's a source of bad habits and bad thinking. Romans 8, 5, those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit Think about things that pleases the Spirit. Your old nature is your enemy. That's the first battle. The second battle is the devil. We understand that. Satan is our, second, uh, our next enemy. He can't force us to do wrong. He can't force us to think or, or, or say anything wrong. But what he does is he uses suggestions. How many know what uh, suggestions? You know, couples... We know how to suggest things. Hey, you know, what, what about this? Isn't that a, how would you like to do that? You know, there's a little manipulation there behind the suggestion because you want to do what you want to do. You want to go where you want to go. It's a suggestion. And this is exactly what the enemy does. He's planting negative thoughts and ideas. From the moment you wake up, open your eyes. He's planting those suggestions and negative thoughts. Go ahead. You deserve it. Get mad. Look what they did to you. How dare they? You ever thought those thoughts, suggestions? Where do they come from? They come from the strategy of Satan. That's the battle that we face every day. Those thoughts, whether at work, at school, at home, in your marriage, with your kids, those are the things that we have to learn to manage when they come into our mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Talking about forgiveness. There's a guy in the church that was causing problems. He sinned, and, you know, people were having a tough time in the church forgiving this man. Paul said, listen, he says, when you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit so that Satan will not outsmart us for we are not for we are familiar with his evil schemes you see we have to be careful when the enemy starts planting those suggestions about yeah you don't need to forgive those people you know you don't need to love those people you know this is what they did this is what they said you know what that does Paul was concerned that it continued to divide the church. It continued to bring a spirit of strife and division in the church. This is why Paul said, you need to forgive this man so that the enemy won't be successful in scheming in your life because we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. Why aren't we ignorant? Because we got the word of God we're feeding our minds with. Gives us wisdom, gives us understanding. But it's the devil, it's the devil 
that wants us to overlook that and begin to feed on the suggestions that the devil has given to us. Anytime we refuse to forgive, we fall for the trap, the design, that's what that word, the, 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 the strategy, the devices, the, the, he tailor makes, he's a tailor, and he devises something to fit your situation. And then there's the world values that we have to battle against. We understand constantly promoted advertising, TV, music, celebrities, blah, blah, blah. All these things we're bombarded with. And it's the world's values that we have to deal with and come against. Because a lot of them are tempting. First John 2.16 All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the, lu the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Not of the Father, but is of this world. So we have to fight this mental battle this morning. I'd like for our worship team to make the way up as I probably will not finish this, but I'll carry it over into the next time that we're together. And, and uh, um, we're just going to keep going every time I'm up here. I'm going to preach on this because it's so important. This is why so many people do fall away. It's why so many people stop coming to church because they don't feed their mind with the Word of God because they don't take it seriously that their mind needs to be transformed every day. So to fight this mental battle that we have to deal with, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, Paul writes, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish any argument and every pretension or thought that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take it captive, every thought, to make it obedient to Christ. There is uh, the formula for battling those three areas uh, that you deal with every day. Is that you demolish every strategy, a stronghold. What's a stronghold? It's a lie that I'm believing. It's a suggestion that goes contrary, lifts itself up beyond what God says is right. Tear it down. The Word of God says, taking it captive, make it obedient, bring it into submission. I will stop there. This morning, the mind, as we know, is a battlefield, and our thought process is critical how we manage our minds. Don't take it lightly. We are all susceptible to these devices, the strategies, the battles that the enemy wants to war within us. Every action begins with a thought. As we bow our heads for a few moments and close our eyes,